Jeremiah chapter 2. But I, I, if you would, you know, you probably won't, but maybe some of you will, if you would go home and read this chapter, and I'd like for you to just notice this, how often that you see the implication of being forgotten and being forsaken. How often that you see that phrase or, or the implication of that through this chapter. I believe you'll find it uh, beginning in about verse number 5. It starts there and it goes through the whole chapter how that Israel has forgotten and forsaken God. And you know, to do that is to my own detriment. It's my detriment. So I'd like to just read a few verses in verse number 31 and following. O generation, see ye the word of the Lord. See ye the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel, a land of darkness? Wherefore say, my people, we are lords. We will not, we will come no more unto thee. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Why tremest thou thy way to seek love? Therefore hast thou also taught the wicked ones thy ways. Also in the, thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but upon all these. Yet thou sayest, because I am innocent, surely his anger shall turn away from me. Behold, I will plead with thee, because thou sayest, I have not sinned. Why gaddest thou about so much to change thy way? Thou also shalt be ashamed of Egypt, as thou was ashamed of Assyria. Yea, thou shalt go forth with him, and thy hands upon thy head, for the Lord has rejected thy confidences, and thou shalt not prosper in them. I believe you'll find through this chapter that God has done a great, great work for His people. But it wasn't long after God had done this work that they forgot about the Lord. We'll find in the few verses that we read that they said we are lords. We'll make our own decisions. We'll go our own ways. We'll do our own things. We're God's people. We're God's people. And you know, as I look through this chapter, I look through here, and you know, I see that Egypt is coming. I see in the latter part of the chapter that they're going to be just as ashamed of trusting in Egypt as they were in Assyria. They're going to be just as ashamed of following after all of the gods of Baal. They're going to be just as ashamed when they line up with Egypt, Assyria, 
You know, there's only one God. There's only one. And there's only one that is going to satisfy us. And you know, Israel, he he says here, and we'll try to get zeroed in here in just a minute, but listen to verse number 36. Why gaddest thou about so much to change thy way? Thou shalt be ashamed of Egypt as thou was ashamed of Assyria. You know what they were doing? They were always looking for something else to satisfy them. They were always looking, you know, it looked like there was going to be problems. Well, let's don't seek after God. Let's look over here and see if we can get help with Egypt. Let's look over here and see if Assyria will help. Let's see if we can go worship Baal. Let's see if we can worship the things of the world to satisfy the real longing and the real need and the real emptiness of our heart. You know, that man's not any different today. Man is just going from one thing to the other to try to find something to satisfy him. And again, you know, really, really this chapter needs to be broke up about five or six times and to go over it. But we'll try to just look at this latter part. Verse 31, O generation, see ye the word of the Lord. You know, he's not talking to the people when I read this. He's talking to me. O generation, you, now, this group, this time, see ye. What's he saying? Look at your pathway. Look at the pathway you've trod. Look at the pathway and answer this question. Has God satisfied your need? Has Baal satisfied your need? Has Asheroth satisfied your need? You know, we may not be uh, acquainted with that. Has the world, has the flesh, has the pleasure of the world, has, has uh, 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 your beauty or your self-trust or your confidence in you, uh, has that brought you a peace on the inside? Has the things that we worked for and labored for, has that brought us satisfaction? See ye the Word of the Lord. I ask you today, can we look at our path? That's what He's saying to this generation. Look back at your forefathers. Look back to the last ten years. Look back to the last ten days. Look back to the last ten hours. Look back and look back and see, are you satisfied today? And I ask this, the Lord said this, is the Lord been a wilderness to you? That's what He says. O generation, see ye the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to you? Have I, have I been a wilderness to you? Have I been a place of thorns and briars to you? Have I been a place of dryness? Have I been a place of coldness at night? Have I been a place that's been filled with serpents and scorpions? Have I been a place where there's been no provision? I ask you today, look and see the Word of the Lord. Has God been good to you? Or has God been a wilderness to you? Why would we forsake? And why would we forget God? Why is there no more interest in the Word of God and the things of God? Why is it today, a friend, that we say God has been a wilderness? And you know what the Lord is saying? 
The Lord is saying, see ye the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to you? I want you to look at your life and look at me and tell me, have I been a wilderness to you? Have I been a waste howling land? Have I been a place where you couldn't grow? Or have I been a place where you could grow? Have I blessed you both naturally and spiritually? Have I given you the goodness of Canaan's land? Have I given you lands that you didn't work for? Have I given you vineyards you didn't plant? Have I given you olive trees that you didn't work on? I'll tell you, you look today. If you're saved, you look at your life. I'll tell you why you're where you are. We're where we are today because of the grace of God. Why would we forget? forget God? Why would we forsake God? Why would we go after the things of this world? Why is there no greater interest in the things of God when you're trying uh, to give a people the goodness, the mercy, the grace, the long-suffering? You look at your life, I look at my life, and you tell me, has God been long-suffering with us? Look how we treated God. God said, see you the word, O generation. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel? <laughs> a land of darkness? Oh, my, my. The devil's place is a place of darkness. You were, if you're saved tonight, you were a child of darkness. Now you've been brought and translated into the kingdom of light. You've been brought into the kingdom of God. You've been enlightened. Your heart has been opened. Uh, your mind has now. We now have the mind. And the honest of God truth is, a multitude of people do not have the mind of Christ because they've never been saved. They've never been translated. They've never been born again. They say they are. And, and, and we'll see it in this Scripture right here and throughout this whole chapter. They've got an outward show of religiosity. They've got an outward show of worship. But they don't have anything in the heart. See, God's not looking at the outward, is He? Have I been a land of wilderness? Have I been a wilderness to you, Israel? Have I been a land of darkness? Have you been depraved? Has it been a grievous journey for you? I ask you today, is it grievous? Is it grievous to think on the goodness of God? Here's what we ought to do. When we come down to the house of God, Maybe after we go home, I guess. What was my mind on while the preacher was up? What was on my mind while the Sunday school teacher was up? What was on my mind when the song leader was singing, Brethren, we have met to worship? What was on my... What did we come to church for tonight? Did we come to worship? Has God been a darkness? Has God been darkness to you? Now imagine that God is wilderness and darkness. What a, what a terrible place to spend the night. In darkness, in the wilderness. What's there? Jackals. 
what, what we would call coyotes today. Venomous snakes. You know what you are to a snake in the cold of the night? Oh, you're an attraction. You're an attraction. You're a warm body in a cold climate. You know, you know has God been a darkness to us? But I tell you, if God's been a darkness, you know what it'd be? We'd be bit by the devil. We'd be bit by the venomous snake. We'd be, we, we, we would be in a land of scorpions. We'd be in a land uh, where there were no, uh, no green. We'd be in a, where, where all that was there was a tumbleweed. All that was there was a cactus. All that was there was dryness and darkness and nothing to look forward to. And the night was coming and bring fear and dread. Oh, I tell you, that's not what my God has been. I tell you, friend, my God has not been a darkness and a wilderness, but my God has been a light. My God has been green. My God has been a, a, a God of growth. My God has been a God of mercy. My God has been a God who's led a friend handfuls of purpose fall along my way. I'll tell you what a God that we've got. And He's forgotten. Forgotten. You know what he said in the first verse? Listen, the first, second verse. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Go and cry unto the ears of Jerusalem. The Jerusalem thus saith, The Lord, I remember thee. I remember thee. I remember the kindness of thy youth, the love of thy espousals, when thou went after me in the wilderness in a land that... Oh, you know what? He remembered how they were when they needed salvation. He remembered how they were when they were in the desert. He remembered how they were, uh, friend, when the enemy came. He remembered. They remembered God in that time. He remembered how they longed after Him, how they yearned for Him, how when they were first saved, how when you were first saved, how that you longed after God, how you wanted to hear the Word of God, how you wanted to know more about the Lord Jesus. What's happened to that? When we sleep, I ask you this, and I don't mean this in any way to be derogatory. you got a medical issue. I'm not talking to you. But how in the world the most important four hours, five hours out of a week and you can sit in front of a television and watch it for hours at a time and there's no interest at the house of God. Now, just be honest now. What's really wrong? What's really wrong is there's nothing in the heart of the individual to give them a desire or a longing. You're more interested in some soap opera, some bunch of filth on the television, some bunch of reality shows, or some uh, 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 show in your mind that you picture yourself there. I'll tell you, you're here. You're in the house of God. You're going out to meet God. You're going to die. There's going to be a judgment. I believe that the Word of God must be important, don't you? Why is there no interest in it then? Has God been a desert to you? God been a wilderness to you? God been darkness to you? Then I ask you, why have you forgotten God? Why have you went away from God? This is what the Bible said. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel? A land of darkness? Wherefore 
Say, my people, we are lords. You know what they are? They're self-willed. They're their own. You know what they are? They're their own man. They're their own woman. The reason they're where they are is because of their strength and their brains and their strong and their attitude. I wonder, friend, I wonder if you hadn't had the start that you got where you would be today. I wonder if it wasn't for a mother and a daddy where you'd be today. I wonder where you'd be without the Lord today. Saved or lost, I wonder where you would be today if it wasn't for the mercy of God. But my people said, we are Lord's. We're our own God. We're our own Lord. We'll go as we please and we'll go where we please and we'll do what we please and we're going to take... Let me tell you this. When you go, let me tell you that you take your sons and your daughters and your children and your grandchildren with you. You take them to the things of this world. You take them to the ungodliness of this world. You take them to things... Friend, if I said the words that your own children have been exposed to in the last week, you would say that preacher needs to be out of here. Now that's the God's truth and you know it. You let little ears like this and this and these over here, you let these little ears hear things if it come out of my mouth. The deacons will be getting together, be talking to the church and say, we need to get rid of this man. When you forget God, when God is of no interest to you, when you're your own Lord, when you're self-made, self-reliant. I tell you, these people were dependent upon God in the beginning. But you know what? We've graduated. We have graduated right here at this church. We've graduated from needing God. No interest. No interest. And you can, you know, and I don't say it to be silly, but you can send me down the road. This is the Word of God. If it applies, apply it. If it don't apply, let it run off of your back. But I tell you, see ye the Word of the Lord. It certainly looks very applicable to me for this church, this community, for this day, this time. This fits. Is it pleasant? No. No, it's not pleasant. But it is the truth. <laughs> you think about the Lord saying, Have I been a desert to you? Have I been a darkness to you? Now imagine you're there. Imagine you're there in the desert, in the darkness. What do you want? I tell you, you want out. You want out of there. You want out of that situation. You want out of that place. You want a way. You want to get out of that darkness. You want to get out of that wilderness. Isn't it amazing today that people want to get away from God? Isn't it amazing that people are so anxious and so ready to get out of the house of God, so ready for the preacher to shut up, so ready for the Sunday school to be over, so ready? And let me ask you, now you already know pretty well, what are you going to do when you get home? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you get home? 
Answer that to yourself. Let me ask you this. In your mind, how many of you are going to get your Bible down when you get home and go over this chapter? Not that I said it now, but before I said it. No, we're not interested in that. And we wonder. <laughs> we wonder. My, my, my. Has God treated us bad? Has God treated us wrong? Has God been a wilderness and a darkness to us? Why would we say that we're our Lord's? Why would I say that I'm the Lord? Why would I say that I'm my own man? You're your own woman. I, I, I don't have to take that. That's the attitude most people got today. I don't have to take that. No, you don't have to take that. You can get your ball and bat and go to the house. And let me tell you what it'll be. It'll be to your detriment. It'll be to your downfall. I'll try to move on. We are lords. We will come no more to thee. Now see, the thing is, they are coming to Him. Verse 22, For though thou wash thee with nitrite, and take thee much soap, Yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord. <laughs> you know what all of their coming to God is? It's all outward. There's nothing, nothing on the inside. That's the reason people sleep through the services. There's nothing on the inside to draw them to God. It's all an outward show. Well, but look, isn't it amazing? Now, I thought about this today. He says in about the verse, I don't know, 16, 17, 15, right through there, He said, My people have forsaken Me, the fountain of living water, and have hewed them out cisterns. Now, can you imagine in a limestone country that you're going to hew out a cistern? Just think with me how much work that it would be to hew out with a mattock or a pick or a chisel and a hammer to hew out a cistern that the bottom of it is not solid and the water just keeps seeping through it, you're going to forsake the fountain of living water of the Lord, but you're willing to work yourself to death. What? What's wrong with that picture? You see, we're willing to work outwardly but we have no desire to work on the inward person. God's interested in the inward part. God's interested. Now let me ask you this. Did you have to work for that? Did you have to dig that fountain out? Did you have to chisel that fountain of living water out? No ma'am and no sir, Israel didn't either. God, by His love and mercy and grace, brought them to that and then they forgot where they came from. They said, we're, we're our own lords. We're not coming to you any longer. Now, now remember what the first of the verse says. O generation, see ye the word of the Lord. So the Lord says, have I been a darkness? Have I been a wilderness? The people say, we are lords. We will, not, we will come no more unto thee. They were coming. 
but the Lord said, I see what's really going on. What I see is you're not coming with a heart. So maybe this will be easier to see. Can a maid, a virgin, can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? You know, I thought on this today and I didn't know whether Cade and Jordan would be here or not. But you know, there are several other married couples here. And I, I, I would ask you, and, 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 and young virgins as well, how important was that wedding day? How important? You know, I don't know how much detail, but I'd say this. I, I, I would say this just with Jordan and Kay's wedding. You know, we went over it two times the day before to make sure we had it, had it pretty well right. But I wonder how many times it went over in her mind. I wonder from Friday night till Saturday afternoon, I wonder if she went over every detail over and over. How about you, Jessica? Did you go over every detail? How, 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 about, how about you, Morgan? What about you, Melissa? You know, I've seen the pictures of you in that wedding dress at your mother's house. I would say there was a lot of thought, a lot of preparation. But you know what the Bible said? The Bible said, can a maid, can a maid forget her ornaments? Can a bride forget her attire? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that a bride would forget her attire? Can you imagine a day of such importance as this and the bride would forget her attire? Forget the, 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 the band, the sash, or the headdress, the ornaments, the jewelry, the earrings, or the necklace? Would she forget it? Has she gone over it? You reckon she's got it wrote down? I wonder how many times she's went over it in her mind over and over and over again to cover every detail. The Bible said that they have forgotten me days without number. You know what he's saying? How could this be? I realize things don't always work out the way we had them planned. But would you say this? That when you got married, that was the most, one of the most important days that was ever in all of your life. Have you thought on the Lord today? Have you rehearsed with the Lord today? Has God been on your mind today? <coughs> Have you went over have you went over today thinking on the Lord have you today rehearsed the details of your day? Has God, have you covered it all to make sure that he knows that he is not forgotten? You know, I, I imagine probably Klein and Mary Ruth is the oldest married couple here tonight. And I'm not I'm not trying to stir a pot. 
But let me ask you this. Is it important not to be forgotten? Does anybody want to be forgotten? Don't you want to be remembered? Reckon Beth would like for you to remember the day that you married her. Reckon Melissa would like to re for you, Greg, to remember the day. Reckon Mary Ruth would like for Klein to remember that day. I, I, I believe, I believe that, it, that everyone would like to be remembered. Don't you? Would you like to be forgotten? Oh my God, can you imagine? Can you imagine that if Klein forgot about Mary Ruth? I realize that things can happen. I realize that could happen. But now think about the hurt. Think about the hurt. Think about the disappointment. Think about how that it breaks the heart that I have not been thought about on this such a special day that I have been forgotten. And now let's bring it down to something that I believe would be more important than a wedding day, more important than a virgin's attire, more important than a bride's veil, important than a bride's dress. What about the Lord that saved us from hell and saved us from ourselves? Reckon we ought to remember Him. Has today been a special day? Have you remembered the Lord today for what He did for you? Do you remember today when the Lord brought you in and married you? Do you remember what you looked like when God accepted you? Let me tell you this. I didn't have on all the attire. I didn't look pretty. I didn't look beautiful. I didn't have all of the the beauties and the finery. I didn't have all of that. I looked like a wretched, wicked sinner on the road to hell. And you know what He did? He loved me. How could it be How could it be that a bride could forget her attire her sash her covering her veil her earrings her ornaments she planned on that she started long, long before the wedding day working on that. It was important. It was the most important thing in her life outside of the Lord Jesus Christ the day that she wedded. She said, but you forgot me. You didn't forget me on, my, on your birthday. You didn't forget me on our anniversary. You didn't forget me on our baptism day. You didn't forget me when the first time the Holy Spirit overcame you. No, you didn't forget that. You forgot me days without number. How would you feel if your birthday was forgotten? That a call that you was going to be late was forgotten? That the anniversary was forgotten? To come home 
was forgotten? How would you feel about that? How would you feel in your relationship if that happened to you? But God Almighty has been forgotten days without number. Why is there no more interest? (laughs) You read this chapter and look at the implications of forsaken and forgotten over and over. And you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to replace God with something else. I mean, it's too much work. I'd rather dig. I'd rather dig a pit in limestone. I'd rather do that and work out my outward body than to exercise my heart and my mind and to pray and to seek after God with all of my heart. Really, it's easier, isn't it? It's easier to dig a ditch than to pray. It's easier to watch five hours of TV than to read 30 minutes in the Scripture. Isn't it? Isn't it? What's involved in five hours of TV? The flesh. The flesh. The carnal mind. The natural flesh. Our imagination. We put ourselves in whatever it is we're watching, whatever. We put ourselves there. I ask you this. Have you put yourself in the Bible lately? Have you put yourself as one of the characters in the Bible lately? Have you seen the goodness and the mercy of God? Has God been a wilderness to you? Has God been darkness to you? How could you forget God? If they forgot me, Days without numbers, what the book says. It's pretty interesting to me. Can a maid, a virgin, forget her ornaments? You know, the attire, the attire distinguished, and by their dress, it said who and what they were. Can you see that? What distinguishes us from the rest of the world? Moses said this, Lord, if You don't go with us, Your presence with us is what makes us different than everybody else on the face of the earth. It's Your presence. Well, let me ask you this. If you've forgotten the Lord days without Lynn, you've not missed His presence, have you? Because if you had missed His presence, there wouldn't be another day go by. No, we, we couldn't stand that. If we had missed His presence, we wouldn't allow another day to go by without Him being remembered, would we? So the presence of the Lord is really not that important, is it? I mean, as long as I've got enough money, as long as my health is pretty good, my young'uns are doing well, I, I, I mean, everything just seems to be glowing right along and going really good in my family. I really, really, I'd rather just sit down and watch TV and rather go to the lake and rather go shopping and rather do something else than to think on God. 
Mary and Joseph went a day's journey without him, supposing him to be there. You know what it got to? It got to dark. It got to about dark. They went to looking for him. There's some scripture up here, a few verses above. And it talks about how Israel was like a young camel or a young ass that was in heat. You couldn't catch her. There was no way to catch her. You were wasting your time. Now God's people was like that. But He said this, in her month, in her month, And you might take that the wrong way. You might say, well, she's not in heat any longer. The word really means heavy. You know, I got some sheep right now that are really flighty. They're they're hard to catch. They're first year use. Never had a lamb yet. But when they have their first lamb, when they're heavy, when they get heavy, when you get heavy, It won't be hard for God to find you then, will it? When you get heavy with burdens, when you get heavy with trouble, when you get heavy with problems, when you get heavy with sorrow, when you get heavy in the family and everything's going wrong and you realize the emptiness in your heart, when you get heavy, I bet it won't be hard for God to catch you then. Not any problem for me to catch them flighty little ewes that I can't hardly catch now without a dog. When they get heavy with lambs, I can catch them. Our attitude changes when we get heavy, doesn't it? And listen, I'm not talking about I get heavy because I've gained weight. I'm not talking to the ladies that they're getting heavy because they're carrying a baby. I'm talking about we get a weightiness and a heaviness in the heart. You may be flying around today like a, a young dromedary. That's what he said there. It's a young camel. Or you might be flying around like a, a wild ass in the wilderness and just going to and fro, and God can't even lay a hand on you. But I tell you what, if you belong to God, you'll come down and you'll get heavy one day. We ought to remember the Lord. (coughs) What value would you put on the Lord? (laughs) I ask you this, ladies... What value did you put on that dress you bought? I'll ask you this. You answered in your own mind. You ever paid any more for a dress than you paid for that dress? If it's true, what was the occasion? If you paid more for a dress than you paid for your wedding dress... It must have been some kind of an occasion, wasn't it? What value would you put on remembering the Lord? I, why don't we why don't we turn it this way? What value would you put on the Lord remembering you? 
of what value, what would you be willing to pay, what would you be willing to do for God to remember you? Maybe today that's not, not too high on the priority list. But I tell you what, when you get heavy, Remember this. You talk about heaviness. They've forgotten me days without Lynn. I I wanted to say this about the bride, her attire. When that talks about can a maid forget her ornaments a virgin, can a bride forget her attire, really that that is this. It's it's quite interesting. It's not a bride when you look it up. It's a daughter-in-law in relationship to her husband. You see who you really are. So God's looking at us as daughters-in-law. We're His daughters-in-law in relationship to our husband who is the Lord Jesus. Now imagine Imagine. Imagine that you are the father-in-law and you see your daughter-in-law running after other men other than your son. Imagine you see your daughter-in-law mistreating your son. That your daughter-in-law is not faithful to the marriage relationship that she took with your son. You're the father-in-law. So there's God. Okay? You see God. We're the daughter-in-law. And there is no reverence to our husband. Can he see it? Oh, I tell you what, he sees it going on. He sees that we're being unfaithful. He sees that we're running to and fro. He sees that we're trying to be satisfied somewhere else. He sees that we think the grass is greener on the other side. He sees that maybe Baal will be easier. He sees that we think Asherah or Egypt is our help or Assyria is our help. What about the Lord? I wonder how He feels when He's not remembered. Days without end. That's what the book says. I believe he's saying this. Have you ever heard? This is absolutely unthought of. It is foolish. It is, it is absolutely unheard of that a bride would forget her attire. Unheard of. How unheard of it is that you and I as saved people have forgotten God days without end. Days without number. How unlikely, how how foolish, how could that be? Well, let's ponder on that a minute. Where must the mind be? Where must the affection be? Is this bride really wanting to be married? 
I mean, she forgot her wedding dress. I wonder what she was doing the previous hour. I wonder what she was doing uh, from, from 10 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I wonder what was on her mind. I wonder what her affection was set on. I wonder how it could be that she forgot her wedding dress. Can you see that our mind must be somewhere besides where it ought to be? Can you see that our mind must be pulled away into something that is of absolutely no importance at all? Can you see how much of our time and our day and our affection and our desires and our money and our thoughts are wasted on the frivolous? Honest to God, it's past frivolous. It's damning. It's detrimental. It's hurtful. It's destructive. And it's not only destructive to you. Oh, look at these verses below. Look at these verses that said, Why trimmest thou thy way to seek love? Therefore hast thou also taught the wicked ones thou... You know what we're doing? We're teaching of people around us that are lost and undone that God's not really all that important. I'd like for you to just ponder on this. As we sit in the house of God and our grandchildren come in and we sleep through the service, I wonder what our grandchildren think about our thoughts of God. When we never, ever see a need to make our way to the altar, when we never, ever see a need for us to move up, I wonder why those little ones, I wonder why they would even consider going to God. You see, there's other folks following along. There's other folks following in our footsteps, are they not? Are they not following? Oh, I tell you, they're following. You may, not, you may not believe that. You may not like that. Also in thy skirts, listen to this. Also in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. Who, who would the innocents be? Who could the innocents be? You have knowledge, don't you? Are there some? Are there children? Are there others that are following along in our footsteps? You know what the Lord said? Now, I didn't say this. The Lord said this. He said, I found their blood on your skirts. Notice how He said it. Also in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but in all these. You know what? God didn't have to look for it. It was open. It was plain. It was obvious. I tell you how sin is, honestly. We, we've looked the last couple of weeks in the, 
maybe the maybe the third, fourth chapter of Genesis, fifth, sixth chapter, right through there. And you know when Cain killed his brother, he tried to hide it. When Lamech killed two men, he bragged about it. That's the way sin does. It just progressively gets bigger and bigger and worse and worse. And you know, Cain, Cain tried to hide his sin, though he hated his brother. He tried to hide his sin. But Lamech said, there was a young man wounded me, and another one struck me. He said, I killed both of them. He was bragging to his wives. Can you see, ladies and gentlemen, can you see by our attire, can you see by the way that we act? Uh, 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 again, what the Lord said, O generation, see ye. See ye the Word of the Lord. Can we see that our actions, our actions have an impact on others? Can you see, uh, friend, can you see this? That the innocents are following along. And the Lord said, I didn't find this by digging for it. In Ezekiel's day, he found a hole in the wall and dug in there. In this day, are they hiding it? No, they're not hiding it. Just a little more. <clears throat> Yet thou sayest, because I am innocent, surely his anger will turn away from me. You know, they don't believe God's going to do anything, do they? They don't believe anything. I'm just going to go on the way I've been going. I'm going to, I'm going to forget. I'm going to be just like a bride forgetting her wedding dress. I'm just going to go on day after day forgetting God. And it, it, it'll be all right. Will it? Will it be all right? Let's see. I'll hurry to the end. I will plead with thee because thou sayest, I have not sinned. Surely his anger shall turn away. Behold, I tell you, thank God for his mercy that he doesn't quit dealing with us. I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to deal with your forgetfulness. I'm going to deal with your forsaking me. I'm going to deal with that because I love you. He could leave you alone, couldn't he? i tell you what. There's not something in the heart. We'll give up and throw in the towel. How many times you think this couple back here that's been married probably longer than anybody else in the church? How many times you think their marriage vows have been tried? How many times do you think that they've been mad at one another? How many times do you think that the devil whispered in each one of them's ear and said, why don't you just throw in the towel? You can't satisfy him. You can't satisfy her. It's no use. But I tell you what... Onward they went. And I tell you, thank God for His mercy and His love and His commitment unto man that He doesn't forsake us. I'm going to deal with you. You better deal with your young'uns that way too. You better deal with your young'uns that way. You better deal with them. 
You say, I, I, I'm tired of it. No, ma'am and no, sir. Know this, that God gave those to you. You better deal with them and be a mother and be a daddy and be a parent and don't forget that they're young'uns. I tell you, if God dealt with us the way that we deal with God, we'd been left a long time ago. Aren't you glad that God doesn't deal with you the way you deal with Him? Aren't you glad that all of those days that you forgot God, He hadn't forgot about you? Why gettest thou about so much to change? You know what they're doing? They're just running hither, thither, and yon looking for something to satisfy. Let me tell you this. Come back to the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, come to know the Lord. If God would plead with your heart tonight, you want to find something that will satisfy you, somebody that will love you, somebody that will never forget you, somebody that will adorn you, put the ornaments on you, dress you, clothe you, make you to be a proud bride, I'll tell you, He will. Don't run to Egypt. Don't run to Assyria. Don't run to the things of this world. Don't wrap your heart and your mind up. I say this respectfully. Don't wrap your heart and your mind and your affection up in your children. You love God, first of all. And God will give you the right love for your family and your children. God's put on the back burner over and over and over and over and over again. Forgotten days without number. Why goest thou to change thy way? Listen. Thou also shall be ashamed of Egypt. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be disappointed again. You thought Assyria would save you, didn't you? Well, let me tell you. Well, we've got a sure thing now. I found something that's going to make me happy and going to take care of me now. He said, let me tell you this. Egypt's going to fail you just like Assyria did. And all the things of this world that you set your mind and your affection on are going to disappoint you. Last verse. Yea, thou shalt go forth with him. Who's he going forth with? Egypt. Pharaoh, Nico. Listen. Thou shalt go forth with him and thy hands upon thy head. For the Lord hath rejected thy confidences, and thou shalt not prosper in them. Have you ever seen this in wartime movies? You ever seen this? What do you, what do you think that is? With my hands on the back of my head. What is that? Given up. Given up, Dwight. Defeated, aren't we? We've been conquered. What's going to happen to Israel? They're going to go with their hands on their head. Don't do it. Don't forget God another day. Don't forget God another hour. 
Don't forget God another part of your day. You rehearse your day and you make sure that everything is in order that God is thought of. That God is thought of. That God is thought of. I tell you, that bride and that, that wedding, you talk about every detail. I mean every detail. From the flower girl to the ring bearer, out of the hair fixed to the flowers, a friend of where mom and daddy is, what they're going to be wearing, what I'm wearing, what he's wearing, what the preacher's going to say, of the congregation, of the, of the, of the, the afterwards, a friend of the food, every detail is being covered. It's photo. God. Don't you reckon that God would like to be more important than a wedding day? I don't believe there was a day of any more importance in the life of an Israelite lady than a wedding day. But you and I, (laughs) we've been saved. If you're saved tonight, my God, what a day. We ought to be able... Listen, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to go back 5 years, 15 years, 25 years, 35 years to the day that God brought me into the kingdom of God. I shouldn't have to go back past this morning. I shouldn't have to go back past this morning to realize and to know the love that He had for me and for me to express myself and tell Him what He means to me. Don't forget the Lord. 